the new one from northern New South Wales, Volaris K. It's risen before it was the survivals with my brother. It's time to take your seats. Welcome to Movies, Movies, Movies on Mornings with Bridie Tanner featuring Jack and Andre. FBI Radio. G'day, g'day, g'day. Hello, hello, hello. How bonjour. Bonjour, bonjour, bonjour. Uh, bonjour. Uh, uh, welcome to... Uh, no, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> not going to do that. Uh, welcome to FBI. Welcome to Mornings, Jack and Andre. Film Lords 1 and 2. C'est nous. What is going to be on Movies, Movies, Movies today? In English, please. In English, please. Well, Jack and I are looking at the film news right now, actually. Just uh, we are constantly researching Oh, my God. World. Wait, wait, wait. I've just got an update. Coming in live. <laughs> refresh page. Refresh page. <laughs> refresh, refresh. <laughs> we got a great show. It's a Frenchie-themed one. So Frenchie, so chic. We're talking French news. We're talking French movies. Uh, we're going to be talking French, hopefully. Maybe not on air, but there's going to be French vibes uh, yeah. permeating this episode. The French invented cinema, actually. Andre, did the French invent the turtleneck, which I notice you're rocking today? They actually did. And uh, <laughs> that ties into this episode as well. I'm wearing a turtleneck right now. <laughs> Um, very cool fashion choices and very excited to get into some movie news. Woo! Let's get right into it. So, we have been thrown into the Cannes Film Festival, symbolically. It's been going for the past two weeks. We're talking everything that's happening at Cannes, so many exciting films. Uh, but in news, uh, there have been a lot of different things that have happened this year that haven't happened previously. There have been a lot of different changes prior to the festival. But then when the festival hit, uh, all these protests were happening. We're it was talking a bit of a shit fight as per last week's news. Shit, yeah. yeah. And it just did not end. Uh, there well, was, it depends on the way you look at it. Okay. Yeah. With, constructive protests were happening. There was a, a protest uh, you, uh, referring to the issue of lack of diversity in film. Um, female directors were d- taken to the red carpet to protest the lack of um, female directors at Kristen the festival. Kristen Stewart took off her high heels because there's a long-standing rule that women have to wear high heels to mm. be allowed on the red carpet. What the hell? I know, and last year she was penalised for wearing flats, I think, or she mm. wasn't allowed to do something. So, ah. so this year she wore heels and then she took them off. Barefoot style? Mm-hmm. And then to coincide with uh, the American embassy opening in Jerusalem, there was an uh, uh, um, Anamir Jassia, who's a Palestinian filmmaker, held up a sign. You know. But she's also part of um, Solo, the new Star Wars movie. She was there so f- it was at one of the most public screenings. Yeah. Or uh, the most worldwide sort of watched and analysed. Just wanting to give a give a, a message to the, the conflict in Gaza and the deaths in Gaza. And then on top of that, uh, there was just the complete uproar about... Um, lack of visas being allocated to certain uh, directors from the Middle East. Uh, yeah, and also just controversial screenings. Lars von Trier, who was actually banned from the festival for saying that he symp- sympathised with Hitler mm. and that he imagined that he would have been a Nazi years ago to, like, the ultimate discomfort of Kristen Stewart, has finally been allowed back and screened his new film about serial killing and, and like, 100 people walked out. And But then in a weird twist of ironic fate, Spike Lee's film, Black Klansman, which is about, I think it's about a man, a black a black man trying to infiltrate the Klan. Yeah, but using, like, Adam Driver as his As, proxy, like, a body double. Yeah, as his alias. Received rave reviews. It won the Grand Prix, which is the second prize at Cannes. And uh, um, it just created this great conversation. Yeah, and Gaspar Noé, who usually makes freaky Lars von Trier kind of films, is 
like how to hit a new film called Climax that people are giving rave reviews. I'm already bored of talking about Cannes. I the know. Next thing. Oh my god! <laughs> I'm so bored seriously. Of it. Um, Tell us about Jamie XX. Yeah, Jamie XX is going to score a new Roman Gavris film. Gavris, Roman Gavris is famous for doing really hectic music videos for Jamie XX's Gosh and like MIA's Born Free video where they kill all the redheads and uh, Bad Girls as well and Bad Girls and Sebastian um, is going to um, contribute new music to that mm, as well. Totally which is exciting. And then in another filmmaking, music-making collaboration, Nick Cave is going to score the new HBO series about Adnan Saeed, which is... from Serial. From Serial. And Warren Ellis is also on board to help do the score. And uh, I don't know about you guys, but I've been waiting for a Serial adaptation to come to screen. And I'm so glad that HBO is doing it because it'll be really serious and very dark. (laughs) Well, I've been waiting to play this song uh, since you mentioned (laughs) it to me when we got in. We're going to keep it very Frenchy today. Uh, This is a shout-out to... uh, Film Lord Best Friend, whose birthday it is today. Ferreira is better. Two reviews coming up after this. Tu m'as promis Et je t'ai cru Two reviews. 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 Two revi
Halfway through Movies, Movies, Movies here on Mornings with Bridie Tanner. Tell me which film lord is going to go first for two reviews. Sorry, Jack, I'm going to swipe this one first because oh. I'm going first. Andre, <laughs> take it away. First up, it's a French episode, so we're going to name our favourite French actresses. <laughs> Mine is definitely Frances McDormand in Madeleine, <laughs> playing Miss Clavel. But in you terms- put me on the spot. I think it's going to be Chloe Sevigny. Okay, you just kill me with that one. That's perfect. <laughs> Today I'm going to be reviewing Aurore, which is screening nationally. Right in the middle of this cold Avengers-centric nightmare of a week, it was awesome to frolic in the type of film I do best, which is a chic French comedy called Aurore, set in cosy interiors with fanciful people speaking at 100 miles an hour like myself in small (laughs) apartments with pots and pans hanging from the ceiling. (laughs) We're talking about Aurore here, and no film this year screams Am I French yet better than this comedy by Blondine Lenoir, most French name I've ever heard. It follows Aurore, a woman in her 50s who is going through all the feels, menopause, job loss, her daughter dreaming of running away from school with her rockstar boyfriend, reconnecting with old charms, all this and more contained to her very sweet and, I'd call it sensible, southern seaside town (laughs) in France. Aurore might not be as tough as Lady Bird, and this film will not live on in the collective consciousness forever. We're not talking about a racialized movie, horror movie to the tune of Stepford Wives, or even a typical Nancy Myers movie with Diane Keaton in the lead, but 89 minutes of a family dramedy where a 50-year-old French woman constantly has to fan herself because of her hot flushes from menopause didn't do me any harm, especially when the script and performances were, in my opinion, very, very strong. (laughs) Jack, if you don't love me at my aurore, you don't deserve me at my the hours. And you said to me that people who like this movie haven't got their priorities right. So uh, how do you say bourgeois? Oh, okay, bourgeoisie. Fine. It's bourgeoisie. Okay, fine. You got me there. But tell me why you didn't like this film so much because I know you didn't. Oh, I just, I just, uh, I don't know. I just found it a bit safe and boring. But also, that's like why it's nice. And it's like it's like watching Nigella. But in a good, but Nigella's so cool. It's almost, I just, it was a bit too librarian for me, Andre. It's almost like you haven't got an E with an accent on it and you haven't grown up in a French community, Jack. I uh, know. Surprise. Oh. I know why you didn't like this. It's because you are a publican and this is a film about a waitress losing her job and you're just like It was so triggering, yeah. It triggering. was really scary when she lost her job to mm. that pig. Mm. No, I'd like have it. It was nice. I felt, yeah, it was, it was a loving movie. Andre, just, I could just listen to to you say all day long and all night long. What do you give it in a word? Oh, this is a hyphenated word. Tu m'as promis. Which of course means. <laughs> um, you promised me, which is the song we just played. Of course, of course, of course. Of course. Now, Jack, what will <clears throat> you be reviewing for two reviews today? Ooh, I'm reviewing another French movie called 120 Beats Per Minute, which is the speed of your heart and also of dance tracks in the 80s. Um, and after the frolicking normcore of Aurora, I was pretty happy to be smashed back to earth with 120 beats per minute. This film's about Parisian activists of all ages uh, peak AIDS crisis carrying out public stunts against pharmaceutical companies they throw like fake blood everywhere they break into office buildings um, and they even feel like the entire River Seine the, with the colour red just flowing through the centre of Paris uh, because the pharmaceutical companies are withholding information about treatments that could save their lives both 2017 gay blockbusters, 120 B- BPM and Call Me By Your Name are set in the 80s, but 120 B- BPM is the total daddy. Some people are wet for beautiful cinematography and straight guys crying, but I think 120 BPM is the real deal. It's Race Against the Clock, it's a heartbreaking love story with some of the hottest sex scenes to win Grand Prix at Cannes, and the highlight of the film are when people just lock heads and people united for a common purpose who aren't afraid to fight amongst themselves for the fe- best way forward, which is super rare to see in the movies 
movies. There's a line which I loved, which is, I don't like you, but you're my friend, which is, uh, I don't know, full of French liberté, equality, fraternité, and I would say sorority, which is nice. In the usual gendered, bourgeois, normie, French kind of movie that you get these days. Ange, this film didn't work with you for you, which makes me deeply suspicious of you for some reason, because I was heaving for the last 40 minutes, like, scream crying into my fist. Mm. Jack, you know me. It's set in the 80s. The only thing I like about the <laughs> 80s is that Alana Glazer was born in the 80s. I can't do the 80s. I'm so sorry. It's this just... didn't even feel like it was set in the 80s. It was, like, the least 80s movies I've ever seen. It was, like, didn't have since, like, Stranger um... Things... I don't it know. Was like, it was like it was set now. It was so real. It's a political film about the HIV battle in the act up circle in the 80s in France. I just felt like it, I felt really bad because I felt like. You the, just saw it late at night and you hadn't eaten enough dinner. That's true. But also, the filmmaking just didn't work for me. And that pre- prevented me from having the experience that I wanted to have from the film, even though I would never criticize this, a film like this because it's about an important topic about these survivors and these. Uh, fighters who were trying to get answers and support in a time that was very discriminatory in France. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think it was just the filmmaking that didn't do it for me. I thought it was just a little... It it didn't it didn't merge well with the content, and that felt reductive to me. It didn't complement. I felt so the opposite. I felt like Aurora was, like, such basic bitch filmmaking, and this was, like, of such a high standard. Yeah, but- you just have, like, 200 people in a room yelling at each other, and it's so real. Yeah, but uh, Aurore is a basic B, okay? And that's why we love her. (laughs) I I like how you can sort of look at the filmmaking without getting swept up with the sort of message in the film. Is that something you both try and do, or...? Certainly, no, certainly. No, I go to films to get swept up. I go to films to fill things, and Andre goes to films to, like, talk about the grading. Well, that's what makes you film, Lord, so good, is you have different perspectives. Yeah, Jack Uh, and I are going to review Le Divorce next week, (laughs) because that's what's going to happen after this episode. Um, So that was two reviews, which people can read back over on your Instagram page, at movies, underscore movies, underscore movies, underscore. So if you want to read back over two reviews, that's where to go. I think we might have time to get straight into... (laughs) Sydney Spotlight. Sydney Spotlight on Movies, Movies, Movies is where we take a moment to bring the spotlight back to, you guessed it, our (laughs) home, beautiful, the beautiful city of Sydney. And we were talking a little bit last week about when we're going to start hearing news on the Sydney Film Festival. Is Mm -hmm. it time yet? It's time now. And even though the festival is two weeks away, we want to let everyone know about it straight away because tickets are already selling out for so many of the screenings. Seriously. So, loud and clear, Sydney Film Festival is from June 6th until Mm -hmm. the 17th, but I would hop onto the Sydney Film Festival app or website to book some tickets. There are so many amazing screenings that are happening. You can get a flexi pass if you want to save on money. You can get special concessions if you're a student. But I mean... What are your top picks? My top picks are, you know, obviously the MIA documentary that's screening. There's a really cute comedy called Hearts Beat Loud with... um, with, um, what's Megan Mullally's husband's name? Oh, the yeah, 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 the guy from Parks the, and Yeah, Parks and Rec. There's just, there are over 300 films that are screening and they're scattered all over the city and we really want people to get their tickets ASAP because they are selling out quickly. I know that Black Klansman, mm-hmm. the film that just won it's the Grand Prix. It's already sold out. Or maybe I just can't get tickets for some reason. No, 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 it just, it just sold it's out. It sold out. Two whole state theatres are going to go see Spike Lee's new film that just won at Cannes 
and uh, we really don't want people to miss out on stuff. It's uh, all happening. If on- you miss out on Black Klansman, come to a three-hour film about the New York Public Library mm. with just slices of life. We're going to go see it. You have to come. It's called Ex Libris. There's a whole section dedicated to First Nation filmmakers, which is really exciting. And uh, just the vibe of the place is amazing. Next thing. Dragonfly Eyes, which is also mm-hmm. a film that's screening at the festival. If you can't afford to go see Dragonfly Eyes, you have to go see it at White Rabbit Gallery. It's by Zhu Bing. It's a film... Huge Chinese artist. Huge Chinese artist who First has feature. compiled 10,000 hours of surveillance footage of China just into a montage of just weird, memeable moments. It just looks like a two-hour vine. But, but yeah, it's like 90 minutes. It's not actually 10,000 oh, right. hours. No, no, no. Yeah. Um... And The Goddess of 1967 is playing this week uh, at the MCA. That's it's right. Rose, Roseburn won, I think, the Venice Film Festival Best Acting for this. Yeah, she did. But I I've never heard of this film before. No, I hadn't heard about it until I found out that the MCA was screening it. It's director Clara Law's film. And Roseburn absolutely did win Best Actress at Venice. And it looks like, I think it's a film about uh, Rose Byrne's character meets a, a Japanese man who wants to travel from one side of Australia to the other side. And it's all about their dynamics and the journey that they go on together. Tickets are $10 or concession tickets are $8. It's at the MCA, which has a beautiful theatre. It's called The Goddess of 1967. Get warmed up by watching the heartbreaking Japanese story with Tony Collette before. Oh, intense film. We need to do a Tony Collette marathon, you and I. <laughs> Tony Collette, another French actress. <laughs> Tony Collette, the Australian Aurora. That's true. We're putting all the details for those two events you mentioned for Sydney uh, Spotlight up on the program page, which is Mornings with Bridie Tanner at fbiradio.com. Uh, one more question before I let you go today. <laughs> How much money should I spend on the Sydney Film Festival? What's my budget? That's, that a, I okay. great That's a great question. question. I mean, you should spend as much money as you can because well, we just found out that there's a great stat about the Sydney Film Festival where every one dollar that's spent at the festival contributes no, a large Andre, amount. No, that's not... Okay, I don't know my maths, okay? No, yeah. but it's about a different thing. But anyway, just spend all your money or just pick one really nice thing, like come on June 17 to Dendy Newtown and see the MIA documentary. That's really what I would spend my money on. Yeah. Get a flexi pass. I think there are... How does the flexi pass work? If, f- you, if you know it in detail. A flexi pass is just essentially you can buy, I think it's six tickets? Uh, yeah. Six tickets or ten tickets. And uh, split it with a friend and go to three each. Yeah. That's the way that we've done it in the past. And you get a discount or if you buy ten tickets tickets you get a discount so you're better off spending the money on the extra tickets because it'll be cheaper and you get to see more movies who doesn't want that if anyone has any tips on how to save money at the sydney film festival or do it on the cheap please text in 0409 945 945 so we can share the love around i'm gonna let you guys get out of here because we are just about out of time on movies movies today which is sad because i just love talking movies all day long with my film lords Jack and Andre. Uh, I'll see you next week for more Sydney Film Festival news, I'm sure. Sounds good. A bientôt. Bonsoir. Au revoir. <laughs> Au revoir. <laughs> uh, bonne nuit. This is Leon Bridges with Bad Bad News. You're on FBI Radio. This podcast is produced by FBI Radio in Sydney. Find more at fbiradio.com slash podcasts.